show's still the same. The Big Fit! Let's play the game. The Big Fit! We're still on fire, busting liars. From Gibbonston, Florida, it's the Big Fib, Wacky Khakis Edition. And now your host, and a woman who never uses the letter E. Excuse me? Deborah Goldstein. Uh, hello, and welcome to the Big Fib. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and beside me, as always, is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. Okay, folks, well, she's not doing it now, but usually she's 100% E-free. When have I ever not used the letter E? Deborah, you are embarrassing me in front of the listeners. Ixnay on the E-way. I, I... That's much better. I don't know why you would think that. Because you usually don't use the letter E, Deborah, and I think the only reason you're using it today is to embarrass me in front of the listeners. Why would I do that? I don't know, Deborah. Let's put it behind us. Just stop using that letter and we can move on. Okay. I'm going to try hard not to say that it good but it's difficult you seem to be doing all right so far i i can't focus on the show this way okay i am going to grant you a temporary dispensation to use the letter e in this episode but we're going to have to talk about this later thanks lisa i would find it really Excellent. Okay, don't push it. If you would explain to us how our game works. It's simple, Deborah. You just use the other 25 letters. No, our other game, Wacky Khakis. Oh, right. Fine. Okay, yeah. Every time we play Wacky Khakis, Deborah and I each tell one wacky story about the world. But only one of our stories is true, and it's the job of several human children to figure out which one is true. And it's the job of a human producer with some childlike features to tell us about this week's theme. Noah, welcome back to the show. And don't you dare use the letter E. Thanks, Lisa. But the the letter E is in the theme. And in the word theme. Twice, actually. So I'd really appreciate a a dispensation like you gave Deborah. Okay, fine, fine. You get a dispensation too. Okay, so our theme this week is is Monkey Business, two wild stories about our primate cousins and the businesses that they take part in. Deborah, I thought you said no monkey business on the show. That was when you tried to make a lasso out of all the microphone cables and you nearly blinded our engineer. Oh, so Noah gets to do monkey business on the podcast and I don't? I'm sorry, Lisa. That's just the way it is. Now, would you please introduce our human child contestants? Fine. Whatever. Okay, our human child contestants are Zeb. You might remember him from the flag episode. And we also have his brother and sister, Sam and Moose. Hey, Zeb, Sam, Moose. How y'all doing? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good. So so we need to identify voices. Who's Moose? Who's Sam? Uh, Take turns at the mic and say your name and how old you are and what your birthday is. I'm I'm Sam... And I'm six years old, and I was born in November 29th. Hi, Sam. I'm Moose. Um, my birthday's October 5th, and I'm 11. Hi, Moose. My name's Zev, and I'm nine, and I was born on November 3rd. So, uh, guys, we're doing an episode today about monkey business. So uh, I would like to know how you guys feel about monkeys. Monkeys are kind of wacky for me. <laughs> Perfect. We're on wacky khakis. <laughs> what do you mean uh, about wacky monkeys? Um, 
it's kind of hard to believe that I descended from a monkey. So <laughs> I like to say that I didn't. You think so? You think the rest of the human species evolved from monkeys, but you're special. Yes. You evolved not from monkeys. Yes. What do you think you evolved from, Zev? Um. Clearly a pelican. A pelican. Huh. Yep. Fascinating. And uh, moose, Sam. Any opinions about monkeys? Um, I don't know. I don't really like monkeys. No? What's going on? Who doesn't like monkeys? Apparently, we've met them. I like the bananas, but I don't like the monkeys. <laughs> mm. Well, that's a good reason not to like monkeys, because they're always taking your bananas. I mean, if you like bananas, that seems strong evidence that you were descended from monkeys, Sam. Okay, it is time to play Wacky Khakis. Loyal podcast subscribers are, of course, already well aware that in Wacky Khakis, Deborah and Lisa each have a minute and change to tell their stories before the timer sounds. We have flipped a coin. Lisa has chosen to go first. I've changed my mind. Okay, Lisa has chosen to go second. Oh, no, I've changed my mind about olives. I used to not like them, but now I think they're okay. Okay, so... Lisa has chosen to go first, and he likes olives now. Boom. Okay. Listen up carefully. We are going to start Lisa's timer now. Although there are different species of monkeys living in climates all over the world, from the snowy mountains of Japan to the tropical rainforests of South America, there are sadly no monkeys indigenous to the United States. And as of the time of this recording... Deborah has refused to buy me one. According to her, it is illegal to keep a monkey as a pet in the U.S. But during the 1940s and 50s, the Calamico crime family of Lower Manhattan smuggled thousands of exotic monkeys from all over the world to wealthy families in the New York area who were willing to pay for one. Their operation was a dangerous one indeed, and in more than one instance did Calamico Associates nearly get shipwrecked trying to transport the monkeys across the Atlantic Ocean by sailboat. But if the smuggle succeeded, there was a huge payday involved, with just one pet monkey fetching a price of $5,000, the equivalent of, whoa, $53,000 in today's money. The scheme came crashing to a halt in 1959, when the U.S. Justice Department, who wrongly suspected the Calamicos of being communist spies, accidentally discovered their stash of over 250 buffy, tufted marmosets, who were later returned to their natural habitat in Brazil. The Calamicos became the basis for the classic 1963 film Monkey Business, a crime noir which depicted the internal struggle of Arthur Calamico, who went against his family and freed a troop of cotton-top terramens that would have been worth a fortune. Arthur was played by the legendary actor Marlon Brando, who became known for the iconic line, If you don't like the smell, stay out of the monkey business. And time. <laughs> nice job, Lisa. Good Brando impression. You come into my podcast and you ask me to do monkey business. <laughs> Very <laughs> impressive. Very impressive indeed. That's what he sounds like, right? Oh, yeah. So, Moose, Sam, Zev, what did you guys think of, of Lisa's story? I think it was interesting. I like his monk- as, um, his voice. Yeah, my voice is great. But is it believable? Um, well, would you guys pay $5,000 for a pet monkey? They don't even like monkeys. So, I mean, they probably, 
pay five grand to get rid of a monkey. Yeah, I would not pay that much money for a pet monkey. Yeah, definitely. No? What if it could clean your room and do your homework? Then would you? No. What if it could clean your homework? And do your room. (laughs) Okay, now it is time for some more monkey business. Deborah Goldstein style. You ready, Deborah? Time to get this monkey off my back. Okay, listen up, everybody. We will begin Deborah's timer now. If I were to have you guess how many baboons have been officially employed by the Port Elizabeth Mainline Railroad in South Africa, you'd probably say none. And you'd be pretty close. The answer is one. Signalman Jack was the baboon in question. He operated the signal box at the Eatonhead train station from 1882 until 1890, pulling the levers that would switch the tracks the trains were on to get them to their proper destination. According to historians, Jack never made a mistake. He knew the train signals as well as any human signalman. Jack was the best friend and roommate of the previous signalman at Eatonhead, a man named James Jumper Wide, who gained his nickname by jumping from train car to train car and, unfortunately, lost both of his legs by doing the same. Mr. Wide had been having a very difficult time performing his job on peg legs until he met Jack, who he trained to do the job instead. The man and the baboon lived together in a cottage not far from the rail station, and to get to work each morning, Jack would push Mr. Wide in a trolley up a hill, then hop in and enjoy the rest of the ride downhill to the station. One day, a rich lady on her way to Port Elizabeth was horrified to see a baboon working the signals and notified the railroad authorities, who fired Jack and James on the spot. But James pleaded for his baboon friend to be put to the test to prove his skills and, when their bosses arrived, Signalman Jack astounded them, switching the rails at the correct signals every time and even looking both ways to make sure no trains were coming on the same track. Jack and James were hired back and Jack eventually earned a spot as the only baboon to be memorialized in the Albany Museum, the second oldest museum in South Africa. And time. Well done, my friend. So, Lynch kids, what do you guys think of Deborah's story? Um, a lot of the stuff um in Deborah's story felt like untrue. I think. Yeah, I thought so. Every time she talks, I'm like, why is she lying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, we've reached decision time. Now, our contestants three must decide which of our storytellers is trying to make a monkey out of us all. Do you believe Lisa's tale of the organized crime syndicate who smuggled monkeys into America as pets? Or Deborah's tale of the baboon, Signalman Jack, who worked nine years for the South African railway system? Um, first, I think that, um, Lisa is lying. Most people do. Why, I never. <laughs> okay, Moose, Sam, what do you guys think? Um, I think that Deborah's lying. All right, Sam, you're the tie-breaking vote here. Deborah's lying. Wow. Ooh, so by a vote of two to one, the Council of Lynch Siblings believes Lisa over Deborah, with Zev being the holdout who believes Deborah's story about Signalman Jack. Do I have that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Will the truth teller in today's edition of Wacky Khakis please let us know who you are? I was the truth teller. Zeb got it. Wow. 
Horrifying and unbelievable, yet totally true. That's right. Deborah was not monkeying around with her story about Signalman Jack. Jack was a model employee for nearly a decade at Eaton Hug, where not only did he flawlessly operate the switches, but he also picked up odd jobs, such as taking out the trash and delivering keys to train engineers. As Jack demonstrated over a hundred years ago, baboons are a very intelligent species of monkey indeed. And recent studies have shown they can do basic math, at least when rewarded with peanuts. Wait, peanuts? You didn't say anything about peanuts. I, I want peanuts. I'll do some math, okay, Noah? Okay, um, what's 17 times 11? Just give me the peanuts. <laughs> and by the way, the one hint that you might have taken from Lisa's very convincing story about monkey business and the Calamico crime family, Calamicos are in fact a species of monkey. Oh... Pretty tricky. Yeah, I knew that. All right, well, that does it for this week's episode of Wacky Khakis. Thank you to our contestants, the siblings Lynch, for being more fun than a barrel of monkeys, to Noah and Lisa Ever the Cheeky Monkeys, and to you, the listener, for tuning into The Big Fib, where we go ape over the truth. The Big Fib is a production of the Gen Z media. Find us online at gzmshows.com, where you can check out more great Gen Z podcasts. Find out how you can participate and send me questions to answer on Ask Lisa. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast. For behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts, I'm Marlon Brando. Everyone loves it. I gotta go. Uh... The Big Fib was a production of Gen Z Media. <laughs> let me hear Let me hear you do it, Deborah. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, guys, I'll see you.